Good morning, family. And good morning to all that are visiting us this morning. We're so happy. This is really, we, I think we're quite hospitable. We really love to see everyone that comes here for the very first time. Who's here for the first time again in Riverside, Lisbon this morning? Amen. Another round of applause to you. So happy that we're, we get to worship God together, but believing that God brought you here for a purpose as well. And uh, whether you're here for the first time or the hundredth time, this is family and we couldn't be happier than being in the presence of God together. And I hope and I know that God had already spoke to your heart this morning, this time of worship throughout this family time that we are, uh, even listening about the example that Day and Dina are for us. That's what church is about for us and we hope that the Lord is continuing to work in your life as well. Have you ever asked yourself, what is God's number one goal for your life? Now let me spoil it a little bit for you. It's not your happiness. It's not your physical comfort, but your spiritual maturity your character, all the things and scene that are happening right now inside your heart. That is God's focus in your life. Essentially, to grow you up to be more like Jesus. And that's His focus while you're here on earth. And that should be our own focus too. And one of the ways that God grows us is by testing you. Is by testing your faith. Now, when the Bible talks plenty about it, and when we test something, and I don't know if you've seen those, uh, I'm not super into social media, and, but sometimes when I scroll to YouTube, and I like phones, I like technology, and some of you, I know that you like it as well. Do you know when people take like the latest iPhone, the latest phones, the latest Apple watches, and they put them on the table, and it's all about hammering them. It's all about throwing them for, from, from the third floor just to see how they resist. For me, it's always painful because <laughs> I think, man, this is like very expensive technology. But even a company, before they release a product, they have to put all of these products under testing to see how they shape. And when we test something, we don't shelter it. We don't put a protective case. No. We put it in the real world, under real circumstances. But God does not test our faith because he doesn't know what is inside our hearts. Because he doesn't know what our faith is like. He knows every single thing about us. But the testing of our faith provides us an opportunity to see with our very own eyes, what is inside our hearts? How we are really like? How is our character? And if you don't believe me, let's read together from the book of James, chapter 1. Right in the beginning, verse 2 says, Whenever trouble comes your way, let it be an opportunity for joy. Now, this is something that no one has ever said in the history of mankind. I'm so happy with these troubles that I'm going through right now. If you've met that person, they need to see a shrink or a doctor or someone. It doesn't make sense. 
But troubles, according to the word of God, can be an opportunity for joy. For when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. For when it's fully developed, you will be strong in character and ready for anything. God is building us to be strong in character, to be resilient people in life. And as a Christian, as a believer in the Word of God, I know that God delivers us from many pains in life. It's true. But He doesn't deliver us from all the pains. He will use some of the conflicts and problems and dangers and disappointments that happen in our lives to make us strong in character. Now, testing of our faith is not a punishment. God is not angry with you. But it's an opportunity for joy. It's an opportunity for growth. And all of us here today are going through at least one testing of faith. Do you agree with me this morning? All of us. Every single one of you are going through at least one test of your faith. That's why sometimes you're feeling lost, confused. Maybe you're sad, you're tired, you're disappointed. Sometimes even disappointed with God. But God is on your side. He wants you to pass every single test. You know why? Because he gives you all the answers in advance. God has already given you everything you need to pass the tests of life. Every single thing you're going through, people in the word of God, people in the Bible have gone through it as well. Things that you had gone through, things that you're going through, things that you're still going to go through in life, they're all here. So that you and I, we can see the different ways that God not only tests us, but how we should respond in a way that glorifies God. So I want us to go through some of the different ways. And as I was studying, I, I, I found a really, really interesting article from Pastor Rick Warren. So if you go online, you will probably find some of these things that I'm going to talk about. I didn't go through every single testing, but I want to give you five main testings that I believe all of us are going through at least one of these. And the first test that I found in the Word of God is a major change. And for that, we're going to take the example of Abraham. And let's read together in Hebrews chapter 11. If you're going to take notes, if you want to take photos from the screen, I don't take offense on that. But whatever it is that you can do to take the word of God with you from this Sunday morning throughout the rest of your week, do so. The Bible says, It was by faith that Abraham obeyed when God called him to leave home and go to another land that God would give him as his inheritance. He went, listen to this, he went without knowing where he was going. 
Now, this was a major move, and I know that 95% of you, probably even higher, are not Portuguese. So you know how challenging moving can be. But this is particularly hard to Abraham. You know why? Not because necessarily he doesn't know where he was going. He was 75 years old. He worked hard all of his life. He had a lot of things. He was a wealthy man. When God said, Abraham, you need a pack light and get ready for the greatest adventure in your life. Now, this didn't sound like a retirement plan for Abraham. So he asked, God, where am I going? And God said, just walk this way. How will I know when I get there? Don't worry, I'll let you know. How long will it take to get there? Don't worry, I'll let you know. Faith is following God's leading without knowing all the details. And like Abraham, you can be tested by God in this way. Maybe some of you came to Portugal because you felt it was the right call. You felt the God leading you in that way, but you still haven't found the reason why God brought you to this country. Maybe God is testing you by saying, I want you to quit your job. I want you to leave your job right now. And you think, God, but what kind of job am I going to apply for? And God says, I'll let you know. Do you trust me? I want you to sell your house. And I want you to move. And you ask God, but where am I going to live? Where am I going to do? And God says, I'll let you know. Do you trust me? Trusting. Faith is trusting. God's leading when we don't know where. Sometimes you will not feel it like a prompt from the Spirit of God. It will just happen. Maybe your company is downsizing. Maybe your landlord all of a sudden kicked you out of the apartment. And you ask God, where am I going to go from here? And God simply replies, do you trust me? Because before you receive any direction from God for your life, you need to trust God. Are you really trusting God with the direction of your life? Are you willing to pack up everything in obedience to be where he wants you to be? Are you valuing your comfort and your peace and your own plans Instead of accepting that maybe God's plan for your life is about being somewhere else. So some of you are going through a major change right now. And you need to learn how to respond. And Abraham, in all of his mistakes, and you, we could read all about Abraham's life, and everything that he did, yes, he wasn't a perfect man, but he was willing to be and go wherever the Lord told him to go. A second test that you can go through life is a delayed promise. A delayed promise. And we continue with the example of Abraham in chapter 11 of Hebrews in verse 8 this time. 
The word of God says, even after Abraham reached the land God promised him, he lived there by faith. So Abraham finally reached the place, the promised land, the place where he knew for sure God was going to settle him. But still, the Bible says he lived there. He had to live there by faith. What does it mean? It means, for he was like a foreigner living in a tent. And if you know a little bit about Abraham and about what happened to him, he was constantly on the move. Even in the promised land, it wasn't about comfort. It was about moving and going wherever God was telling him to go. And the word of God continues, and so did Isaac and Jacob, Abraham's son and grandson for three generations. They lived like nomads in the land to whom God gave the same promise. Abraham did this because he was confidently looking forward to a city with eternal foundations, a city designed and built by God. The key word here, I believe in this passage, is promise. God wants us to base our lives on his promises, not his explanations. And that is a sign of spiritual maturity. God doesn't owe us explanations when things don't look exactly how we imagine. I don't think Abraham imagined when he reached the promised land that there would be like this palace waiting for them. Because if it was promised land, it needed to be amazing. It needed to be beautiful. It needed to have water. It needed to have, I know there there wasn't electricity at that time. But hey, God is a God of miracles. And we surely understand why electricity is good. But it didn't. And it wasn't. They even had to dig wells because there wasn't enough water. For everyone. But God didn't owe Abraham any explanations. And Abraham didn't demand from God any explanations. There are thousands of promises that God has made us in his word. But he didn't promise to fulfill everything according to your timings. And according to your wishes. God is not a genie in a bottle. We are not meant to demand anything from God. Even when we uphold His promises in our lives. We are meant to trust God's promises. Abraham trusted God's promises. Isaac and Jabez trusted God's promises even though they weren't living in them. Abraham's promise didn't arrive in his lifetime, nor Isaac's, nor Jacob's. They lived as strangers in the land. Faith is waiting for God's timing without knowing when. Without knowing when he's going to fulfill them. Hebrews in the beginning of chapter 11 says, you know this verse by heart, many of you. Faith is being sure. Of what we hope for. And certain of what we do not see. 
Was it always easy for Abraham, for Isaac and Jacob to see everyone else living their best life? And you have that in your mind because you see everyone and everyone is talking about you have to live your best life. My friend, God hasn't called you to, for you to live your best life. He has called you to live the best life ever with Him. And the best life for Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob was living in tents. Was it easy for them? Is it easy for you to wait for God to move in your life, to help you, for you to see the promises unfold in your life? Sometimes we get discouraged. And we're not superheroes of faith. Sometimes we get discouraged. It's not easy. And some of you came to church this morning, you don't even feel like doing anything is, God, I'm right here. You dragged yourself to church. Because you don't think there's anything in you. You feel disappointed. You feel sad. But waiting upon the Lord, if you trust God in this test of faith, if you really trust God, trusting in the Lord is meant to give you new strength. You have this promise in Isaiah 40, 31. Those who wait upon the Lord will get new strength. Say new strength this morning. Say new strength. There is new strength for your life this morning. Those who wait upon the Lord will get. It's not a question. It's not if. They will get new strength. They will rise up with wings like eagles. They will run and not get tired. They will walk and not become weak. They will sleep in tents, but their back is not going to hurt because God is with them. When you wait upon the Lord, when you fully trust the Lord, the circumstances are hard. This testing feels unbearable, but the Lord is giving you new strength. His promises, they need to be enough for you. We just sang this morning, your grace is enough. You like my voice? I know. You, I saw you smiling. Why is he not in the worship team? Come on. Because his grace is really enough. The God that promises to lead you, to, to care for you, to love you, to comfort you, to listen to you. The God that is right here. Right now, at all times, are you putting your hope on what this world has to offer you? Or you are trusting the God that has everything in the palm of his hands? The third test that I found in scripture is an unsolvable problem. Now this one, it's Hard even to say, unsolvable problem. I don't like the sound of that. But sometimes, God puts an unsolvable problem in front of you. God didn't tell Abraham just to move to a new country. That 
was already a test. But that he would have a kid that would have other kids and Abraham was going to be a father of many nations. But for that to happen, that small little detail, his wife needed to get pregnant. Now Abraham, about at this time, was had the very small age of 100 years old. Sarah was 90. And I know what you're thinking, because we all read scriptures, we know it. Abraham looked at himself. That's not going to happen. Sarah looked at Abraham and said, that's definitely not going to happen. It was physically impossible. And we laugh, and they laughed. Abraham was the first to to hear this, and he laughed. And then Sarah uh, heard about it, and she laughed as well. But the Bible says, Hebrews 11, verse 11, It was by faith that Sarah together with Abraham was able to have a child. Even though they were too old and Sarah was barren. Abraham believed that God would keep his promise. And so a whole nation come from this one man, Abraham, who was too old to have any children. A nation with so many people that like the stars of the sky and the sand on the, at the, on the seashore, there is no way to count them. It was impossible. But Sarah had a baby, and God was the last one to laugh. Isaac means exactly that, laughter. God takes pleasure in testing us with an unsolvable problem because he is a God of miracles. And if you live by faith, and if I live by faith, I should live in expectation to see the hand of God move in miraculous ways. Miracles are God's acts that reveal His character, that accomplish His purposes, and bring glory to His name. That's why God makes miracles. Jesus said in Mark 10.27, it's talking about salvation, but with it, it comes everything else. The Bible says, for, pe- for people, this is impossible. How many times have you said to yourself the word impossible? It's impossible. I can't. I don't see how. For people, this is impossible. But for God, all things are possible. For God, all things are possible. 
And maybe you even have a t-shirt with this verse or you have it in the wallpaper of your computer and maybe you know it by heart. It's my favorite verse in the Bible. But do you say this verse because it is written or because you have experienced it? God is not a God that gives us empty promises. He is a God that fulfills promises. If you're able to describe your life, the story of your life, without mentioning the power of God, then you are missing out. Life with God has always meant experiencing the impossible. So that when you tell your story to people, so when you share with others your relationship with God, when you share with others what is God doing in your life, you will bring glory to Him. You will glorify Him because people will see and you will see this could only be done by God. Only God could have done this. So when God reveals His impossibles to you, how do you answer? Do you rely on yourself? Do you try to do what comes to your hand because, hey, God helps those who help themselves? That's not a verse in the Bible. No. God honors and God helps those who trust him with their whole hearts. And God is able to do the impossible for you. And I don't know if you're in the middle of an impossible situation. I can think immediately about one impossible in my mind and heart. And I remember some of the impossibles that I had to deal with in my life. The things that my eye hasn't seen, the the thoughts that I never had in my mind is exactly how God responded in a miraculous way. God wants us to show his glory in your life. If you have a problem in your life that you do not know how to solve, it just means that God knows exactly what to do. Will you trust him with your impossibles? The fourth test is a hard one. It's a senseless loss. When we go through a loss in life that doesn't make any sense, we go through losses that at least we can understand when a grandfather or a grandmother passes away old age. It's hard and it is a loss. Sometimes quite unbearable, but we understand there is a time for every single thing. But sometimes we go through losses in life that simply don't make sense. It's probably the ultimate experience, the ultimate test that we go through in life. And if you haven't experienced one yet, you probably will. Even when we're living by faith, we will never be able to explain everything that happens to us. And most importantly, we will never be able to explain what happens in other people's lives. 
Sometimes we're tempted to justify God and to tell others why God did something in their life or allowed something in their lives, but you shouldn't do that. We're always looking for an explanation, but soon we realize we don't have one. And even if you had one, it wouldn't be enough to bring you comfort. There's an example from Scripture, maybe not so directly, but still with Abraham. Isaac is now a young man. And God tells Abraham, Abraham, I promised you that I was going to make you into a big nation through Isaac, but I want you to sacrifice Isaac to me. It is clear for Abraham that God was testing his faith. Abraham knew that God was not a cruel God. He knew that God wasn't a mean God. How do I know that? Because when Abraham and Isaac were going up the mountain for the sacrifice, and Isaac asked, Dad, where is the lamb for the sacrifice? We have the wood, we have the rest of the things, where is the lamb? And Abraham replied, the Lord will provide a sacrifice. I believe deep down in my heart that Abraham knew that God wouldn't contradict his word and his nature. Without Isaac, there is no future nation. But still, it didn't make sense. Why did God taste Abraham in this way? The question is the same question that God asks from us many, many times in life when we go through a senseless loss. Are you willing to give back to me what I have given you? Are you willing to give me what you consider most precious in your life. I don't know what you consider right now the most precious thing that you have in your life. What if the testing is, are you willing to give it back to me? Chapter 11 of Hebrews, verse 17. It was by faith that Abraham offered Isaac as a sacrifice when God was testing him. We know that God provided the lamb. Abraham passed the test. Because by faith, Abraham already offered Isaac. In that altar. He didn't need to go through it. But in the testing of his heart. Abraham already gave. His son back to God. In this test. Abraham who had received God's promises. Was ready to sacrifice his only son Isaac. Even though God had promised him. Isaac is the son. Through whom your descendants will be counted. Faith is trusting 
in God's goodness when we lose people and when we lose precious things. Abraham chose to trust God's goodness more than the blessings he had received from God, even his only son. If we love our promises and our blessings and our dreams more than we love God himself, they become idols in our lives. And we just sang about it. God search our hearts because all of a sudden, you know there is an idol. There is something, there is a love that is getting stronger and stronger and taking up God's place in your heart. The testing of your faith allows you to know if you are loving God more than anyone or anything else. That is the first commandment. Love God with all your mind, with all your heart, with all your soul. But it's easy to obey God. <laughs> and it's easy to obey this commandment above anything else when life is easy. When you are enjoying God's blessings. And someone said, kind of put it in my heart, that when people go on social media, they use hashtag blessed. It's kind of annoying. Because you are putting God's blessing as such a guarantee that that's why you're having such a good moment. When you go through hard moments, you are still blessed. God is still for you. But if God is asking and taking something back, how do you react when he does it? Our relationship is not only about receiving from God, it's also about letting go for God. When the testing comes, and I don't think any of us here is able to give great lessons on this thing by experience. Because only God knows how hard it is to let go. But when the testing comes, would we be able to say like Job, the Lord gave me what I had and the Lord has taken it away. Praise the name of the Lord. I cannot imagine right now in my life going through such a harsh testing. But if it did, and if it comes, we are to honor God and love Him more than we love anything else or anyone else. And may God help us to declare like Job, the Lord gave me what I had and the Lord has taken it away. Praise the name of the Lord. The last testing this morning is a prolonged hardship, a prolonged hardship. It can be emotional hardship, physical, spiritual, relational, financial. There are so many hardships 
in life. But sometimes we go through a really a prolonged one and we don't know when is it going to end. And many, many people in the Bible have asked God, God, how long? How long, Lord? How long? This time the example is not Abraham, but is Moses. Moses was a person of incredible persistence. He spent 40 years with Pharaoh learning to be somebody. He was brought in the, the royal courts, had the best education, had the best position in life that someone at that time could have. Then 40 years in the desert learning to be a nobody, hiding. Then another 40 years learning to be a leader to the hardest group of people that have ever existed. Moses didn't have an easy life. He gave up everything most people are trying to achieve in life. Fame, fortune, pleasure, position, possessions. He was the grandson of Pharaoh, the most important people at that time. He had a life of luxury ahead of him. Hebrews 11.24 says, By faith, Moses, when he had grown up, refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Moses chose his identity. He chose to be mistreated along with the people of God rather than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a short time. He regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ as of greater value than the treasures of Egypt because he was looking ahead to his reward. Our culture says, base your decisions in your feelings. Maybe that's how even you are making most of the decisions in your life, but that's a very dangerous way of living because not everything that feels good is right. And not everything that feels hard is wrong. Feelings can fool you. They can manipulate you. Not always I feel like being nice to people. Can we go into a confession mode right now? Sometimes I don't feel being nice to people. And I know this will come as a shock to many of you, but I'm not perfect. Sometimes I'm grumpy. Sometimes I'm cranky. I don't always feel like teaching you. In fact, let me. <laughs> Not all the time, but sometimes. I wonder how many of you feel like going to work tomorrow. You not always feel like doing the right thing. We know we should read the Bible. We know that we should spend time, alone time, quiet time in the presence of God. We know that we should be praying. But too many times we don't. So how do we pass the persistence test? How do we handle prolonged hardship? How do we make the hard decisions in life of doing what doesn't feel 
good, what feels hard, but it's the right thing by doing what Moses did. And that is hearing from God, getting close to God, listening from God, staying connected to God. I want us to watch a clip from Moses' life that the team will put on the screen. And Hebrews 11.27 says, By faith Moses left Egypt, not fearing the king's anger. He persevered because he saw him who is invisible. Now Moses, he had a burning bush. I didn't have a burning bush. But I am able to read all about it in this book. The book that gives me everything I need in order to persist. Some people spend their whole lives just seeking for signs from God when they should be seeking verses when they should be seeking this book his word but by reading this book it also made me believe that God could reveal his love and grace and purpose to me in a personal way and like we sang just now we can humbly get close to God and ask, God, I want more of you. God, if you're there, reveal yourself to me. Show me your love. Show me your grace. And I believe he will reveal himself to you in a beautiful, unique, personal way, just as he did to me, just as many of you have experience with God. I don't know what kind of pain you're not seeing right now an end to, but I want to remind you that everything you need in order to continue to persist is already with you. Keep your eyes on God. Keep your eyes on his word, on who you already know he is. And as we close, which of these tests are you going through? Is it one? Is it two? Is it five? And if you have questions, as Dina said last week, it's not wrong to have questions. It's not a sin. Jesus, even in the cross, he said, Father, why have you forsaken me? Why? And Jesus didn't have an answer, and we are not going to have an answer. But the question is, what are you going to do when you don't get an answer? Will you choose God when you don't know the answer? And will you stand with me? as we pray. Lord, we want to come before you in humility, understanding that it is because of your love for us 
that you are testing our faith so that we are able to grow and become more and more like Jesus. Forgive us, Lord, for all the times that we've failed, then we've listened more to our feelings than your word. For all the times that we don't want to surrender and we don't want to do your will, but do our own will. Lord, will you help us follow your leading when we don't know where? Lord, will you help us wait for your timing when we don't know when? Help us expect your miracles when we don't see how. Help us trust in your goodness when we don't know why. Lord, help us persist in your way when we don't know how long. We pray in Jesus' name.